Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of the Product Pioneers podcast where Code University students interview industry leaders about building great products, product management, startups, growth and more. I am super excited for this last episode of the year because we will open up a completely new category and that is solo entrepreneurship or building a business completely on your own, completely solo. Our guest today is Noah Brack. He is the founder of PotionSO, a Notion-powered website builder that basically allows you to turn any Notion page into a website that you can connect to a custom domain and use custom CSS to style your page. It's a super cool product and we will talk about how he bootstrapped that complete business completely on his own for the last year grew a Twitter audience of 8,000 followers and grew the product to almost 4,000 euros in monthly returning revenue. It's extremely interesting, it's extremely cool and we will really dive into the entire process and what it means to build solo and build public and bootstrap business. So without further ado, let's dive into it. I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope you enjoy your holidays. Let's get into it. Welcome, Noah. Welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always like to start out with a icebreaker, and that is, what did you want to do when you grew up? Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's funny. Uh, it kind of changed throughout time. Uh, I remember back to when I was in second grade, um, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And because I, I just remember that time because we actually had like a project in class, like, what do you want to be when you grew up? And I had to like go watch the vet, like take care of this big parrot. And I thought that was so cool. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, so yeah, when I was a really little kid, I wanted to be a veterinarian, uh, which is kind of funny now because I didn't do anything close to that. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of the first thing. <laughs> could, you, could you explain what a veterinarian is? Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, maybe that's like a American term, possibly. Uh, so basically, it's like a doctor, but for pets, like for animals. Um, and so, you know, they take care of animals and stuff like that. So, yeah. Maybe it's just my English as well. So let's see. <laughs> um, cool. So what is your background? What did you, what did you study? Yeah, so I went to uh, university for uh, computer science. So I, you know, learned how to program things and do stuff like that. And so that's, that's kind of been my background and in going and getting a job out of college, I, I worked at a, a company where I did software development. Um, and so yeah, I'm a, a software developer by trade, I, I like creating making things. That's what, what I really like to do. Um, and that's kind of what got me into entrepreneurship stuff as well. Now you're a solopreneur could say right you have a business that you run completely on your own so when when did that happen and how did you come up with the idea i mean it it kind of goes back I, i've been working on businesses probably like the last five or six years like i always have like some side business some project i'm working on trying to get going and uh after college i started on the side an app called coffee pass which was like this this uh, app that helps people order ahead um, and, and get coffee from, um, like from like an app. And uh, that was kind of like a startup where me and my buddy that started that were like really trying to go big and like raise money and do stuff like that. 
it didn't turn out exactly how we wanted, but through that experience, I kind of learned that like, it's kind of stressful to just like, to try to build like something that's new and make like a really big business. And I just kind of learned that like, I really just like building things, creating things that are valuable for people. And you can do that on a smaller scale. Um, and so that's what I try to do now, like trying to be a sole entrepreneur, build a business that at least works for me. Maybe eventually I grow it to a couple of people working on it or something like that. Um, but I don't know, there's just, there's less risk there, which makes it feel less risky. You know, I'm, I'm building in a market that isn't like brand new. It's not like I'm doing something that's never, ever been done before. It's kind of like doing something that's already been done, but then having like a twist to it to make it kind of new um, and valuable to people in a different way. And so a lot of like the idea uh, potion, kind of where that came from, a lot of that kind of came from these like limitations that I gave myself to try to find a business, to try to find an opportunity that kind of checked all the boxes for for all that. Um, some people will throw around this term uh, founder market fit, where it's like you're trying to find a market, you're trying to find an idea that fits who you are as a founder and your skill set and what you enjoy. And so that was really, you know, I really had a, a decent sized checklist from kind of my past experiences, like of, you know, it's kind of funny. I think when people get started with a business, they kind of first are just like, I just want to make some money. Like it's, that's kind kind of like the first thing. It's just like, can you make some money? And then once you kind of do that or don't do that successfully or whatever, like you start to kind of build these opinions about this is what I want to build. This is how I want to build it. And I think that's a good thing just because it kind of puts you in a box a little bit more where it's like, you're kind of knowing more what you want to do, more what you're best at. And there's probably a smaller amount of ideas and businesses that fit within that, but those are hopefully the ideas and businesses that you can actually execute on well and that can go well for you. So yeah, I kind of had this like list. Um, and one of those things was like, I wanted to do a business that I thought I could do all by myself, do as a sole entrepreneur. And I think for that to work, like you have to be building something in kind of a niche, like a smaller niche where, you know, big tech companies aren't going to come and eat my lunch. And it's, it's got to be an opportunity that's big enough for, you know, you, but not so big that all these other competitors that could do a better job than you are going to just sweep right up uh, from under you. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, one of my hypotheses was that building on top of a, another platform was a really good way to go about doing this as a solo, you know, indie hacker, um, just because there's already a platform there. There's already customers using a tool or something, and they, you, it kind of helps you define the market a little better. It's like anyone that's using this other platform, and um, you know, they, you kind of are just adding your solution as like an add-on to what they already know. And so it's kind of easier to market it, kind of easier to sell, I think. Um, and so that's kind of what I started to look for, different opportunities on top of platforms. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I, I ran into Potion. Um, I, I could say more about how I came up with that idea, but uh, I, I don't want to go on too long if you have other uh, follow-up questions or anything there. 
Yeah, perfect. You know exactly what I, how I want to frame that. Let's let um, talk about potion a bit uh, later. So you, you talked about the the list. The list is you were referring to the market founder market fit or some other. Um, so the founder market fit thingy, or do you have like more to that list that we could explore? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a mushy list. Like, it's it's just kind of like something that I started to build in my head of like, when I see these things, these are things that I'm like, okay, these are ideas that I think are good for, for what I want to do. And then these ones aren't. So it wasn't like a, a concrete list, but I can kind of go into maybe what, what some of those things are. Um, so like one was, uh, I was mentioning like being able to build a business solo, doing it all on my own. So finding a, a small enough niche, something like that. Another one that I, I really cared about was, you know, I want to, I wanted to build a business that I would enjoy. Like no one wants to build a business that kind of ends up running their life. And, uh, it's kind of like a monster that you created. <laughs> um, and I think that that actually happens quite a bit. Um, and so I think, for me, at least the best way to avoid doing that was building a business for people I enjoy being with. Um, and so I wanted to build a business for people that I enjoy talking to, that I like hanging out with, solving problems with. And for me, that was like other entrepreneurs, other creators, like those are those are the kind of the people I like to hang out with. And I feel like I, I know decently well because I, I kind of am a creator and entrepreneur myself. And so yeah, on my list was basically <clears throat> create a business where I serve those kind of people. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so <clears throat> Potion kind of falls into that list, uh, into that group as well. Um, so yeah, that was another big one for me. Um, let's see, what else? Um, I mean, I think, you know, I think you want, at least in, in this kind of business that we're talking about as a indie hacker, like you want, you want a business that people are willing to pay for, obviously. You know, there's only so many tools and things that solo entrepreneurs will pay for. It's got to be one of those top importances. And then um, I think Potion kind of fell into that. So that was kind of something I was making sure to fall into because, you know, you don't want to make a tool that no one's going to to pay for that. That isn't, that's not going to work out uh, very well for a good business. Um, so let's see, that was one. Um, yeah, trying to think. I mean, that's that's some of the the more general ones for sure. Oh yeah, here's one. So, I uh, I really started to enjoy um, building in public. They call it, um, and uh, basically what that is is kind of just like sharing the sharing the the things that I'm learning and just trying to like show some value to other people that are following uh, along my journey. And I just, I, I had done some of that in the past with some of my other products. And I just found that that was something I really enjoyed doing. Um, and I, I thought that it, it could make a lot of sense to do the building in public thing and have a product that is for other makers, um, like Potion is, because, you know, the people that like following along building in public are typically other creators, other makers. And so that really, um, that really just worked out well. So I, I really wanted to find an idea that made sense for that, where I could build in public, people could find out about it that way. And in the meantime, it could hopefully be like, I could be building an, a valuable tool for those people. Um, and so that was another thing I was looking for. Um, 
yeah, that's 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 a lot of that's a lot of the list. One one more question before we dive into Potion. What other ideas did you have or did you work on before you started Potion? Like in, in regards of maybe experience that you gained or learnings that you implement now in, in Potion? Um, so I, I did a, a little side business before Potion called Support Man. And it was also built on another platform. So it was kind of like the first time I had tried kind of that idea. And it was built on top of Intercom and Slack. And it was this tool that basically took uh, metrics that support teams cared about in Intercom and kind of gave like reports to those teams in Slack because those teams typically are communicating in Slack. And so it kind of took those metrics and data that they cared about and just kind of put it where they already are and, and hang out a lot in Slack. And um, yeah, so that was kind of my first kind of try at like really building on this platform kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I got some paying customers and it started to go, um, but it, it, I just felt like it didn't have enough potential um, um, growth there that I could see because I got some customers, but it kind of was slow. And so that's when I started to look for, for other options. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I went through tons of different ideas um, to go to like figure out potion. And, um, a lot of them would die away pretty quickly just because some of the limitations that I was talking about. Um, and actually another one that I, I didn't mention that is, is, I think is pretty important is, you know, if you're going to build something as a solo entrepreneur, as a bootstrap or something like that, like you want to, I think, build something that's already in demand where you can go out there and you can see, there's already people that are trying to find um, a solution. They already have that problem that you're wanting to solve, and they're 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 already maybe paying for solutions to go do this. Um, you know, if you're building something that's like no one's even looking for, like it's that cutting edge, you know, startupy kind of thing. Like, I don't know. That's that's just a lot harder thing to make work, um, and probably harder for like a, a bootstrap or indie hacker to make work. And so, um, yeah, with Potion actually. I could see people are trying to make websites with Notion um, using like this kind of janky tool called Fruition. And they had to know some code to be able to set it up. And it it just was a lot more complex. And I could see like online, there was hundreds of people trying to do that. So that was kind of like the, you know, when I was doing research to figure out like, okay, how, you know, are people actually going to want this thing? I could actually see that, that like people are already trying to do this. There was demand there. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's just another one of the things I try to look for is like the the, the demand in the market. Yes. Yeah, so like some of the other Notion ideas that I was playing around with, like was building forms um, in Notion that were specifically for like Notion or um, building like metrics where kind of similar to my support man kind of business where um, you could bring metrics into Notion and show charts and graphs in Notion. Um, so yeah, I had some different ideas, but really came to Potion uh, with like the website builder just because I could already see more demand for that. And it's it's something that's more vital to, you know, like a new business or a, a creator maker. Like a website is one of the first things that they're going to need to run their, their business online. So it's, I just thought it was, you know, something that people more likely be willing to pay to pay money for. Let's dive into Potion. So could you uh, give us a introduction of what is actually what, what actually is potion yeah so potion is is built on top of notion as as we've 
kind of been talking about. And, and I probably should share what Notion is a little bit just to make sure if ever, anyone hasn't heard of it. Uh, so Notion is kind of like this note-taking app. Um, it's kind of like Google Docs, Google Drive, Google Spreadsheets, kind of all put into one where it's like a, a one workspace for kind of anything you'd want to do, write down. Um, it even has like databases where you can collect data and stuff. Um, so it's kind of this big tool. Um, the cool thing about it is it's really flexible where it has like these different layouts and you can drag things into columns, all built on this like block system um, in Notion. And so what Potion does is it is it basically takes uh, it basically takes your content from Notion and turns it into an actual website. Um, so it's kind of like a, a website builder that's built on top of Notion. Um, and, and how Potion does that is it actually uh, recreates all the blocks, it recreates all the content, um, and it, it, it puts it in like a static hosted website where, you know, it can be optimized for SEO, speed, um, and things like that. And then, you know, Potion then allows you to kind of customize the look and feel of your website so you can make it kind of look custom, look like you like how you want it. Um, we have like templates where you can kind of get started with like a custom look. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, the main thing is it, it takes all of your content from Notion and, and pulls it right into your website. Um, actually, I've used Fruition um, for a lot of things before. So um, that's, why, that's also why I reached out to you because I, I love these, these Notion tools and uh, it's really cool that we can connect this way. Um, so how exactly are you structuring the content in, in Potion? Is it put into databases or is that um, do you actually style the pages um, in Notion and then how's that and, and how, how you do that in Potion? Yeah, there's this whole kind of system where, you know, we use the, the Notion API um, to collect the data um, that's in like these, these Notion, uh, you, you know, your Notion content. Um, and then we use that data to kind of recreate the blocks with HTML and CSS. And so there, that's kind of like this whole process where, you know, kind of have to parse through the data and kind of replicate. It was kind of like reverse engineering how Notion does it a little bit, um, taking the data and then turning it into actual visual blocks. And then um, it uses uh, a tool, well, a, a platform called Next um, and React to, to actually um, create a website with the HTML and CSS blocks. And it, it actually kind of like statically creates a website. So Next will kind of like cache all that uh, HTML and CSS. So then it's a cached website that's faster. Um, and then that's just updated basically every like couple minutes when someone visits the site, it will update the website um, to the Notion data. And so it's to, to the user, it feels like it's like instant. Like if you update something in Notion, like it will instantly be on your website, which is a pretty cool uh, effect. Um, but yeah, it's kind of this, yeah, this whole kind, whole kind of infrastructure to kind of build out these like static sites. Um, and so really it goes straight from Notion to the, the statically hosted website. And I do actually now have like this in between layer where I'm caching the data on my own databases um, so that I can just get the data quicker and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that makes sense to everyone listening, but uh, yeah, there's some a little bit of complexity there to, to make that work. 
yeah, I think our audience is quite tech savvy, so I think you can definitely, uh, if you want, go into more detail there. So um, we have like software engineers, interaction designers, product managers, and so I think a lot of people know what uh, React is. Yeah, um, could you could you walk us through like what were the key stages of Potion of building Potion? I imagine you had like different, um, yeah, different stages in terms of user growth or or really product maturity. How how did it look like? Um, yeah, so I I actually started Potion around a year ago, and the first two months was kind of just building out the MVP and just trying to get to as quickly as possible. Um, like a, a version that I could have people try out and I could get feedback from. And and then at that point, I, I launched like an early access where I could have people that were um, kind of knew that, you know, this thing was early, there might be some issues, um, but also people that were more willing to give feedback. Um, and so that was really good because uh, I got a lot of like other makers that, you know, they they know the struggles of trying to create a product as well. And so they were super helpful with giving me feedback and and helping me um, kind of just understand what was great, what wasn't. Um, but I did like an early access for about the first two months. And um, I think throughout that early access, I got maybe around 20 customers or so um, that were starting to pay for it. And where most of those customers came from was uh, mainly me building in public on Twitter. My my Twitter account was starting to grow as I was just sharing what I was working on, trying to share what I was learning and just trying to be, you know, valuable to people there. And um, I, I started doing that ever. How much followers did you have? Um, let's see. At that point, um, well, I started out Potion, I think, with around like 1300 followers. And so I was probably still just right under or around like 2000 followers um, at the beginning of, of Potion. Um, and so, yes, some like my first customers were coming from those users, those people on Twitter, um, which was which was awesome. And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, then then I finally launched uh, Potion and kind of got a uh, a bit more people in the door because of the launch and kind of made a, a try to make a splash on Twitter through there. Um, and so I was starting to kind of grow steadily at that point. Um, and then when I really got another big boost was probably around like four months later, this would have been, um, I think May uh, of this year. Uh, and that's when I launched on product hunt. And uh, I, I wanted to like wait till I had, um, you know, a, a good amount of customers already paying for the product, already getting good feedback to know like, okay, people seem to like this thing um, and kind of have a little user base around me before I launched on, on Product Hunt. And that, that seemed to help and go pretty well um, because uh, my product got first of the day on Product Hunt and then ended up getting first of the week. And I think it ended up like third of the month. So it, it did pretty well on Product Hunt, and I, I got lots of new users um, from Product Hunt. So ar around the time um, I before, right before I did the Product Hunt launch, I was at around seven hundred fifty dollars MRR um, that I was making from Potion, and then within like a month from the launch, I grew like another thousand um, dollars MRR from 
from that product hunt launch. So that was definitely a really good boost um, that kind of pushed the business forward, got lots of new users in the door. And um, yeah, I could just start to kind of get feedback and, and see how things were going and kind of go from there. Um, yeah, I mean, since then, it's just kind of been kind of the same. Like, I'm, it's kind of like linear growth where, you know, it goes up and down from month to month just based on what's going on. Uh, what time of the year it is, um, but it's just been slowly and steadily growing um, to where I am now. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun um, just trying to keep making it better and, and work on the business. And um, yeah, so I've really enjoyed it. That's really cool. Like, do you know how many people you reached through the product hunt um, launch roughly and how many people uploaded and so on? Yeah. So it has around 1500 upvotes on product hunt now. And, um, I think it, it got like a, it just got over a thousand on the first day. And then, you know, the, the rest are just from over time. It's slowly gained more upvotes. Um, but from the first day, um, there was 6,000 visits to, uh, the potion website. Um, so, you know, I'm sure there's more people that saw on product hunt itself, but then, you know, from those, 6,000 people came to the website. And then on the first day I had, um, I think I had like around 25 people sign up, um, for the product and, um, uh, potion is a, uh, uh, it has a seven day free trial, but then with a credit card up front. Um, so people have to put in their credit card to kind of, to get going. Um, But yeah, that's 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 some of the numbers um, that I was seeing from that, um, which was I was really excited with. So you don't have a you have a free trial, but you don't have a free a freemium version of the product. How come that you don't offer something like I don't know your subdomain or something? Yeah, I mean that would definitely make sense at one point. Um, I, I mean, so what I've tried to do um, is basically focus on the main value proposition of Potion. Um, And so like to really test that out, like, I think I need to have people paying for it. Like I want to build something that people are willing to pay for. And so that's really what I've been focusing on. Um, you know, the other part of it is as a solo entrepreneur, I only have so many resources and I, I need to use those resources like wisely to kind of push the business forward. And so at, at this point, at least I feel like if I did have a free plan, you know, a decent amount of my time could be eaten up to helping customers and customer support for the free plan of, you know, people that aren't paying or may never pay. And so, you know, that along with just like, I want to make sure my product is ready, like, um, you know, that I have kind of a part of that, the, the customer support stuff is I want to make sure that I have all the guides and help docs that I need to make it so people can do it on their own, uh, make sure the product is intuitive enough. And so like, there's still things like that, that I can, I can still make better now um, just to get potion to a spot where it could make sense to do a free plan where it's not going to take as much of my resources that along with just having my infrastructure um, down where it's like, adding a new website isn't going to cost me too much where maybe right now it, it would cost me a little bit more. So there's just things like that, that I haven't done yet just because I've been focusing on other areas of the business. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that definitely is something that makes a lot of sense that I plan to do at some. So I, I'm wondering what was your user base when you did the product hunt launch? 
how many people did you have on the waiting list and did you advertise it elsewhere above the people that you already have in your newsletter and users basically yeah let's see so i think i had around 75 paying customers at the time that i did the product hunt launch um and i had around a email list of like 1700 people on my email list um just people that had tried it out and stuff like that and so that was definitely something that helped when I launched because right when I put the product up, I then went to my email list and basically just, you know, said like, Hey, could you guys help support my product hunt launch? Um, and so got lots of people from there to kind of help upvote it. Um, and then, you know, I, I promoted it on my Twitter account and, and just said like, Hey, if you guys could support the, the launch. Um, and I think that tweet, did really well and kind of blew up and, and that's where some uh, definitely a lot of people came from to support the launch. Uh, and then another little trick that I did that I think was helpful was I went back through my DMs and went through probably my latest like 50 DMs where, you know, these were people I, I had had conversations with on Twitter. So it's not like I was DMing people that I'd never talked to before. Um, but since I had, I've been pretty active on Twitter and, you know, had different relationships and stuff, I just went through my latest 50 DMs and just said like, Hey, could you help support the, the launch? And so I think like a good, you know, 50% or so of those people actually did that. And so doing those things kind of at the beginning um, of the launch kind of gave it a boost to kind of put it to the top right from the get go. Um, and then kind of from that point, it was just like, you know, product hunt um, people coming through and um, you know, people from Twitter. And so I don't know, it was, it was kind of like a perfect storm. Um, you know, with product, there's a lot you can't really plan for. Like you can kind of do these things to do the best that you can. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, who knows how it's gonna turn out. So I'm thankful that it, it went well. Um, there also seems for whatever reason that product hunt has a lot of people, you know, a lot of people that are on product hunt also really like notion and are really like active notion users because every like notion launch I've seen on product hunt, like does pretty well. Um, so I think that was definitely something that kind of helped that, that launch as well. Um, so yeah, it, it really went better than I could have, could have hoped for. So. Great. Yeah. That, that, that's awesome. I think, I mean, you had a pretty good base as well. Like the, the user base and the email list is something you have to have to actually, um, not sure if it's necessary, but it definitely helps for sure. And, and over a thousand upvotes is pretty insignificant. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think, I mean, I think the other thing that did really help me through all that was of my, my building in public where when you build in public, you kind of show what you're working on. You show, you know, the decisions or hardships you're going through. I think when you do that, like people want to support you, like they want to see you succeed um, because they're kind of like, they feel like they're part of the story. They're part of the journey. Um, and so I think because I've been doing that for the previous, you know, six or seven months before that launch, you know, just a lot of those people came out to support uh, what I was doing. And yeah, I really appreciate that. Could you share more on how you approach the building a public bit? What exactly do you share and what do you not share? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I try to kind of do it very laid back. Like I'm not like trying to be like a, a marketing content engine where I'm just like thinking up of ideas and writing down stuff all the time. Like I want to focus for the most part, like on my business. 
And so really like, I'm just trying to just be transparent, kind of be myself and just like, if I learn anything or figure out something um, that day, like I'll just tweet about it, just like share like something I was uh, learning or doing, or if I made like some progress, I would, I would share that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just trying to like share things that I think other people would see as valuable to, to them, you know, mostly other entrepreneurs and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, those are kind of the, the things that I share. Um, the other thing that I, I did, um, which I haven't done as much recently, but I definitely need to, is I would make these little like two minute and 20 second videos where it'd be kind of like an update video. I just like kind of share either something I'm working on on Potion or maybe a problem that I'm dealing with. And that would that was like another way I would kind of share little updates. And I, I would put those up on Twitter um, only two minutes and 20 seconds because that's the limit on Twitter for videos. And then I would repost those to YouTube. And I think I've, I have around like 75 of those videos that I've, I've done now. Um, and so that was like a fun, like another fun little way. Um, and then like, I try to be transparent about the, the metrics as well. Like I'll share like my MRR and things like that. And I really, like, I really try to do it in a way to like, you know, I'm not trying to be prideful. I don't want to boast, even though, you know, sometimes we can have bad negative uh, motives like that. Um, and I, I can do that too. But I mean, really the main goal with that is to try to just share some context to everybody of like how things are going, where things are at. And I think that those numbers actually do give some context to all the other information I'm sharing, like the, the different things I'm struggling with or the progress I'm making. Um, I think those numbers just kind of help um, guide that whole whole thing. Um, and it allows people to kind of feel like they kind of know more what's going on behind the scenes. And so, yeah, from time to time, I'll kind of share some metrics and numbers like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole goal is to try to share some value, try to help some other, other creators. And um, that's kind of my, my approach to it. Mm -hmm. And you only do that on Twitter or do you have a, another platform as well? Yeah, so Twitter is definitely the main place. Um, and then I share those videos on YouTube, like I mentioned. And then my podcast is not is really another good way to do this. All our, all our podcast really is, is me and another um, maker just kind of having a weekly conversation about, you know, the things we're working on, what what what's going on. And it's kind of just a good format to kind of share more of the story, give more context than you can in like a little tweet. Um, and I think it's also cool in a podcast form to be able to hear kind of the thought process and just hear like other creators just talk about what they're doing. Cause I think what you find out is that we're just like normal people too. Like we don't have any like special powers or anything. We're, we're struggling trying to figure out how to make these businesses work as well. And so hopefully when people hear that, they can see like, okay, if, you know, if this is something that I really put my mind to, like, I can probably do, I can probably do that too. And I think that, that people can. And so that's, I mean, that's kind of some of the overarching, I think, goal that building in public and doing the podcast and stuff like that can help is, is kind of to help uh, other people start and, and see that it is possible and that they can do it as well. Do you have any like a pro con list of building and building solo versus building on a team. Yeah. I mean, the, the main thing that comes to mind is just like, uh, not having like, like basically feeling lonely possibly. Um, I think that's something definitely to watch out 
uh, I think building a boat, a business can actually be very lonely if you're doing it all by yourself, because, you know, no one else knows what it, you know, you feel like there's no one else that knows what it feels like to build that business by yourself and just like the grinding and like the hardships that you'll go through, just trying to make a thing work. Like that's pretty hard. Um, but like, I think if you're, if you make some friends with other creators and makers, um, I think that definitely helps. That's what I've been able to do like through Twitter, which has definitely helped. But I, yeah, I mean, that can definitely be a negative. Like if you have no one to talk to about your business and about your struggles with it and stuff like that. I um, mean, and, and obviously if you have a team, like that's kind of built in where you'll have those things. Um, yeah. So that can be a negative. Um, I think, you know, obviously the, just the amount of the scope of the the business, the scope of the project that you can chew that, that you can make work. And so you kind of have to find, I think a good fit there where it's something that you're able to take on by yourself. Um, but it's still something that's valuable for people. It's still a valuable product. And so getting that balance right, I think can be tricky. And that, so that can kind of be a con. Um, cause you know, I think with any business, any product, the scope, you, you kind of have this idea like, oh, it's just going to be this small thing or whatever, but like scope usually always like blows up and it becomes this like ginormous thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, how am I going to do all this stuff? Um, so that's definitely something to watch out for. Um, it's like the, the classic way of a project, right? You think it's a small thing, you just kick it off in a weekend and then it grows and grows. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think there's some benefits though. Like one of the benefits I really enjoy is just like the, the flexibility. Like I really like serendipity. I really like not having a full calendar. Um, I just have like an empty calendar. And if someone wants to chat or do a meeting or something like that, like I can just pick it up just in a moment's notice, basically. And I, I really enjoy that serendipity. You know, some people are more into routine and probably wouldn't like that. But I think that's something you, if you schedule your work around that way, as a sole entrepreneur, you can do that because, you know, there's no team you have to necessarily work with, or there's, um, there's definitely benefits with the flexibility of just being able to wake up and kind of choose what you want to work on, what, what's the most important thing on your business that you want to do. And then you can just start working on it that day where, you know, I don't have to plan like weeks and months ahead where you might have to, if you have a team, you know, especially if you have people that you're kind of directing, um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think there's definitely some, some pros there. Um, some things that I enjoy with that, with, with solo, um, the flexibility. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of, of more cons, um, or pros. Um, I mean, obviously it, um, you know, you can always build your solo business into a, a small team. And I think that's one of the things that, that I like about it is it's kind of, it's kind of less risky where it's like, I'm just trying to see if I can make this business into something that at least works for one person. Uh, you know, it, it just has to support me and my family and I can always go bigger later if I need to. Um, but I think it's a less risky way to do it. Um, because you know, I'm not putting all these other people on the line and not having to make it that it doesn't have to make that much revenue right from the get go. It can kind of be more of a slow, a slow growth approach, um, that will hopefully work out. Um, cause yeah, I mean, I, I really do like being solo, but I could see at some point like wanting to have a couple people that maybe work on it part-time or uh, a little bit and uh, have those people to kind of work with. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, those at least that's some thoughts about uh, the solo versus the team stuff. Do you currently like? Do you currently outsource different tasks? Um, so the only thing I've done so far is I had a, a buddy um, that I paid for like four weeks to just work on a specific uh, feature, um, just to basically see how something like that would go. And I had a little bit of extra cash. I was like, I might as well, might as well put this to use in some way. Um, so I did that at one point. And then the other thing that I'm just trying out right now is there's this um, there's this uh, service called Marvel where they basically uh, write like one blog post a month for you. It's only like $120 a month to do like one blog post a month. And, and they kind of do, they kind of look through the SEO, see what keywords they need to hit, and then they'll write like a piece. Um, and so I'm trying that out. We'll see how that goes. See if like it's, if it's valuable, if it's, if it's good. Um, but that, yeah, that's like another little thing where it's just, you know, can pay to use a service where they can start to, hopefully get some more content that ranks for me. Um, and then I don't have to do that. That saves me time. Um, so yeah, that's just like the only other little thing I'm trying out where I'd get a little bit of help from somebody else. Speaking of time, like how do you, how do you manage your, your time in regards of building the product and, and other tasks that you need to do? Yeah. So, I mean, this is probably something I need to get better at. And um, like I was mentioning, like, I, I kind of just very serendipity, like just like whatever seems to be most important that day. Like I have a big list of like tasks and to do's and things that I've built over time of like customers asking for things, requesting things. And then I kind of am just like prioritizing them based on things that I think are most important from what I know and kind of my gut from watching the market. And then just from how much I've heard from, from my customers, like that this, this kind of thing is important to them. And so I usually try to focus on those things. Um, but I, I, so other than that, like I'm spending probably anywhere from a half an hour to an hour a day on customers, customer support. Um, and so I'll, I'll usually kind of start out with that, answer emails, answer um, live chat kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, then it's kind of trying to push on the product, build the next feature, the, the next thing I need to build that's going to move the needle the most. Um, and then, it's, it's pretty great, but I try to do like 50% marketing, 50% product. I probably do more product than I do marketing, but that's like kind of my goal. Cause I want to make sure that I'm always, you know, doing marketing stuff as well. Um, so I, you know, every once in a while I'll do like a marketing kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, my schedule is a lot of serendipity, a lot of just like kind of figuring out day by day, what makes sense. Um, but also up to this point, I've actually been full time. I have a, a day job and I just this last week basically gave my uh, notice to my employer that I'm going to be quitting. So I'm really excited for that because I'm going to be working on Potion full time. Um, but yeah, up to this point, what I would do would is I would like spend my time in the morning when I get up. That's when I'd work on Potion just because I felt like, you know, the morning is kind of my most my, my best hours where my brain is at its best. And then after that, I would give my less, less quality brain hours to my day job. Um, and so that's kind of how I did it. And then, you know, I'd probably like jump back on later at night to like do some customer support or just make sure everything's good or do a little bit of work. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how a lot of my schedule looked like this last year. Um, and so it'll be fun um, as I go full time to kind of figure out 
the best way to kind of move forward um, with my my schedule. And I think there's definitely I could definitely be uh, more productive in ways. I'm trying to use this tool called Cold Turkey, where it basically blocks different websites. Um, mainly, I need to block Twitter um, so that I don't waste time um, and like find myself like going over to these other thing distractions. Um, and so I want to do like, like hour to two hour blocks where it's just like, I'm just like all in on working on the product or doing something like that. And I'm not even able to go distract myself because cold Turkey blocks it all for me. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to figure out a rhythm for that. That makes sense. That's super interesting. How much time did you actually spend on like per day or per week on building potion before you quit your job? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, this is kind of a guess, but I think it's somewhere around like 20 hours a week that I'm working on Potion um, throughout this last year, pretty much. Um, yeah, and it was probably up and down a little bit, um, but on average, I would say that's probably the amount that I would do. How do you write down your tasks? Do you actually use Notion for that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I got to use Notion. Um, so yeah, I use Notion for all that stuff. I kind of have, you know, like a Kanban board where I have all my tasks and um, I have um, a decently sized backlog of like things where it's like, I think this is something I want to do in the future. This is an idea to do in the future. And I'll put that in a, a specific list. And then I'll have another list of like to do's that are more like pressing where I think, that's something I probably should do more uh, soon. And then I'll prioritize the the order of them based on which ones I think I should do next. Um, yeah. And to be honest, it's a lot of gut feel. Like it's a lot of basically me hearing uh, feedback from the users, which most of that I hear through customer support. Like I'll hear people saying like, Hey, I, I really want this. And, and once I hear enough people saying that, then I kind of like, okay, um, yeah, that's probably something I should do soon. Um, and most of it, like I can actually kind of keep in my head, like I'll have those tasks prioritized and stuff, but I prioritize them based on, you know, just what I'm hearing. And I, I kind of keep that track tracked in my head. Um, and then I'll just kind of make decisions based on that. So, you know, some of it's qualitative data, some of it's quantity data. Um, and then I just kind of make a gut feel from that. And, and I, I think that's kind of another benefit of being solo is like, I'm the only thing that data comes through. I don't have teammates that I need to talk to, to figure out what they're saying about stuff or what they're hearing. Like it's kind of just all in my head, which in some ways allows me to move faster. In some ways I don't have to have, you know, meetings to kind of figure out what, what's next. Um, but yeah, obviously there could be some downs to that too. Cause, um, I'm not good at everything. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how my prioritizing works right now. Um, and then if there's like a bigger thing that I think like is, you know, maybe like I have, uh, some features that I want to do, they're probably going to take a month or two to completely build, um, kind of just finding the right timing for that. But once it gets to the point where it's like, okay, I need like a bigger push on something, then like I'll do, do one of those kind of features. So regarding features when you build a feature big or small um do you see new people signing up or is that actually like because if you go on the website and you don't want to change your website probably all the time but a new feature means maybe more you know 
something more interesting and something more useful to the user. So do you see new signups when you release a feature or how do you communicate that? Yeah, a little bit. It's not like huge. Um, the growth is pretty gradual or has been so far. Um, but yeah, typically I'll do like kind of an email um, blast out to my, the, you know, potion customers and people that are interested in potion and just be like, Hey, this is, this is the new feature. Typically I'll have like a guide about it or a video that kind of shows them how to use it. Um, that helps. Um, but there's kind of like two features that I've done in the last mainly life of, of the product that have kind of, I, I saw a little bit of a push after that one was I built like this live editor um, in the potion dashboard that allowed people to do just some basic style changes to their website without having to know like CSS or any code. Um, and so that was like a bigger feature undertaking. Um, another one was, and actually this one, I did kind of see a, a bit of growth after doing this feature was this basically a menu builder. Um, Notion doesn't really have a great way to have like a menu. Um, but I kind of added with potion away with also with no code, no HTML, no CSS to kind of build out a menu from your pages that you have in your website. And then it would just add that to your website. Um, and then probably the one that I've seen the most growth from was basically password protected sites. So it was kind of this feature where you can just put a password over your whole site. And uh, then, you know, only people that have, that you've given the password to have access to it. Um, and so I made like a video about that on YouTube and, and that went decently well. So I've seen more people from that feature and there's probably some updates and things I could do to that feature to make it even, even better. Um, yeah, there, there's sometimes, you know, the, with the seeing people come through the door and stuff, like it can be a little bit hard to track that stuff. I probably can do a better job of doing that as well, like having the analytics and data to really be able to know like, oh, this person came from this place and this is why they're here. I probably should even just add like a little, you know, form to ask um, ask people where they're coming from. So I, I have a better idea what's working on the marketing side of things. Well, this was very insightful. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. I have two more questions to wrap up. One is already maybe answered, the other one not. The first one is, do you have any book recommendations for people to check out? Yeah, um, one book I read this last year that I really, really enjoyed um, is Atomic Habits. Maybe you've heard of that one or other people have heard of it, um, but that's a really good one. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably my talk, top recommendation on you know just how to get things done i guess and that's a great one if you're starting your own business um so yeah atomic habits and the second one is where can people find you if they want to talk to you yeah yeah um so potion potion.so is where you'll find my business um and then i have a website at noahbrag.com where every once in a while I'll, I'll do like a blog post kind of thing um but uh, really, the, probably the best place is my Twitter uh, handle is Noah W. Bragg, and I'm you know doing the build and public thing there. Um, and then my podcast is ProjectJourney.fm, and that's where you can kind of get a little more behind the scenes and and hear more really how uh, things are going um, as we talk through that. So, yeah, wonderful. So with that, I'll leave the stage to you if you have any last famous words before we wrap up. No, I, I think that's it. I mean, I don't think I have any more famous words. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. This was, this was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks, Noah. Uh, same for me. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for being on the show. 
Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Wow. There you have it. The last episode of the year. My personal highlights of this show were the idea of building in public. I think that's definitely something that I will take for my bucket list in 2022. And maybe you will do that too. I also really enjoyed the philosophy on how to choose the next projects to work on. I think that's something really valuable from this show as well. Just to name a few highlights here. Speaking of highlights, if you want to click on the show notes and see what's there, we have the book that he recommended for you there. And as always, some quotes that I picked personally and found interesting from this conversation, as well as all the places where you can follow Noah and stay in touch with him. Of course, Potion SO, his personal website, his podcast that I can highly recommend, and his Twitter where he tweets about building Potion and bootstrapping and solo entrepreneurship. Really interesting stuff. Again, this time for real, thank you everyone for a hugely successful and fun year of the Product Pioneers podcast. Thanks to the entire team. It's really cool that we made this happen. Thank you to Thais, Burju and Alessandro for sticking with me. It was a great time and a lot of fun. Also, thanks everyone who listened this year. It really means a lot. It comes from the heart. Um, I really love the support from you all and I hope that we could provide at least some of value to you and that you enjoyed and smiled along the process. Well, thank you Noah again for taking the time and being on the show. I really enjoyed talking to you. Wish you best of luck. Thank you of course, Code, for the continued support. It really means a lot to us. Without further ado, I wish you a happy holiday, a Merry Christmas and a good start into the new year and let's make 2022 the best year yet for all of us thanks everyone have a good one bye bye